Life Audio. Hey, it's time for Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and I will be right with you in just a moment after this. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello, everybody. I am Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. Or today, we're doing something special in studio, so let's just say uh, welcome to uh, the Cynthia podcast. And today, we are real talk, real issues, while seeking to apply real faith. Um, the real girls are uh, going to be with us next week, and we're going to dive into speaking about something that greatly impacts our identity, just the feeling of being burnt out. Some of us go through these seasons of life where we're burnt out by life, we're burned out by issues and challenges and disappointment and our own sort of idea of what failure is, you know, in our life or in someone else's life. We get burned out by ministry. We get burned out by doing good, right? And I think this is something everybody can sort of relate to. And it reminds me of the scripture that tells us, you know, do not grow weary in doing good for in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. So I just think that that all important reminder is something that I want you guys to think about this week. And as you're thinking about that and going into this conversation about what makes us feel burned out in our identity. I wanna actually reroute you in what your identity actually is. And I wanna go to something that I often refer to when I feel like everyone needs to be reminded and affirmed of not just what their identity is in Christ, but how that identity gets walked out, what it looks like, you know what I mean? So for today, I want you to sit back and I'm going to run through some very powerful identity affirmations and explanations of who you are in Christ. And I would like for you to really close your eyes and listen if you can. If you can't, then stare you know, at the scream riveted by the power of what you're about to witness. This is, uh, this is a, something that I did on TBN that has aired all over the world that has impacted millions and millions of lives. And is a constant reminder, you know, of 
what your identity is supposed to look like, especially in the world that we live in today. So to my producers in studio, Anna, go ahead and roll tape on this powerful reality. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. Now that new life begins the day that you meet him. The day you discover that your identity is that you're the daughter or the son of a king, the king, and you have an inheritance as his child. And all hell may come against you, but nothing and no one can ever separate you from the love of God that is yours in Christ Jesus. So how do you really know what your identity is? Well, let's look at what God says. And we're gonna do that by going through some amazing scriptures. And that's what this entire session is really gonna consist of because it really doesn't matter how important I tell you you are to God. It matters what the word of God says about how important you are to him. And unless you really understand the word of God, you're not gonna really understand or embrace really and truly what your identity is as found in Christ. And that's your freedom. That's the job that can ever be taken from you. That's the identity that no one can ever shake. No career can shake it. No relationship can shake it. No lack, no success. Nothing can shake your real identity when it's founded on the rock of Jesus. And for all of you who are walking around the streets of London, like Layla said, sort of feeling hopeless, this is something that you can really put your hope in. Matthew 5.13 says, I am the salt of the earth. Well, you are. You're the salt of the earth. And you know what salt does? It makes people thirsty and more flavorful. And what are we salt for? Well, we're salt to make people thirsty for Jesus. So right now I'm living out the fact that I am the salt of the earth because my hope is that you're getting a little bit more thirsty for Jesus. He was a stream of living waters. So if you're thirsty, you drink from him. Matthew 5, 14 says, I'm the light of the world. Well, you are, you're the light of the world. You're supposed to radiate the light of Christ. Mark 16, 17 says, I've received the power of the Holy Spirit to do great works. Guess what? You have received the power of the Holy Spirit to do great works. You're powerful beyond measure because of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. John 10, 14 says, I know God's voice. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. You know God's voice. That's your promise in the scripture. You literally have the ability to hear God and dialogue with him. John 13, 34 and 35 tells you, you have love for others. John 14, 12 tells you about your identity that you shall do even greater works than Christ Jesus. Well, he walked on water and he healed the sick and he raised the dead and he lives in you. And the same power and authority are yours. What can't you do? John 15, 15 tells you that you're Christ's friend. Man, think about that for a minute. Let's just really think about it. He calls us friend. He's the boss. I mean, even Jesus said, I no longer call you servant. I call you friend. That's pretty heady stuff. That's how good he is. That's how much of a confident God he is in his abilities to run your life. That he doesn't have to call you a servant, even though you are. He calls you friend. And you know what a friend does? A friend always shows up for you. A friend always has your back. A friend always stands at your side. A friend in need is a friend indeed, and Jesus is just that. 
John 15, 16 tells you something amazing about your identity. You are chosen and appointed by Christ to bear fruit. So you're like a fruit tree. And if you abide in him, you'll just naturally bear fruit in season. John 1, 12 tells you you're a child of God. You're part of his family. Now that's really good news. When I understood my identity as part of the family of God, it completely changed my entire paradigm about life. I was just talking about it earlier. It was Rick Warren's book, Purpose Driven Life, actually, that helped me see this. I mean, I went from thinking it was all about me to actually learning in that book that it wasn't about me at all. It was all about him and all about me being a part of his family. And that was a really cool thing for someone who walked alone trying to answer her own questions about faith for many, many years. John 6:47 is the ultimate promise because he says you have everlasting life. That's what God says. You have everlasting life and you do. And John 8, 31 to 33 is amazing. It says you're set free. That's it. Whatever is binding you up right now, hopelessness, fear, doubt, despair, addiction, you can't deal with your parents, you don't want to hear any more hypocritical lies from your friends or the church or the, 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 the work that you're in, Jesus wants you to know that you're free of it. Isaiah 61 talks about the coming Savior, and it says that he came to set the captives free. You are free. Read Isaiah 61. Read it. Look what Jesus did for you. You're free. Romans 5, verse 1 says, you've been completely justified. That means completely forgiven and made righteous because of your faith in Jesus. Romans 8, 1, you're free forever from condemnation. You know the enemy that likes to condemn you of sin? Oh, you're bad. Oh, you did this. Oh, yeah, you're sorry and you've repented, but he doesn't want you. He doesn't love you. They don't want you. They don't love you. Nobody can. No, 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 no. That's a lie. Tell the enemy to be silent right now in Jesus' name because you're free of condemnation. Romans 8, 17 says you're a joint heir with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Romans, his inheritance. Do you know what Jesus is going to inherit? Yeah, you're going to share in that with him. Romans 8, 37, I am more than a conqueror. Now that's pretty awesome. Because no matter what I'm going through on a bad day, I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and that I am more than a conqueror. 1 Corinthians 1, 7 says you don't lack any spiritual gift. So when you turn on TBN or any other channel or when you listen to a message or you go to church and you see these leaders and, and pastors and priests doing amazing things in Jesus's name and you look at them and you go, wow, they have so many spiritual gifts. Those are for you. You don't lack anything. I'm no more special than you are. We're just the same. Whatever you're struggling with, if I didn't struggle with it, I probably struggled with something similar. And Jesus made me free. That promise is not just for me. I'm not just spiritually gifted. <laughs> we all are because he lives in all of us. 1 Corinthians 2.16 tells us we've been given the mind of Christ. That's pretty amazing if you've got a mind that sometimes gets plagued by too many things to do and too many voices competing with each other for headspace, no, you've been given the mind of Christ, so be still and know that he is God. 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 6.19 says you're a temple of God. You're a home. You're his home. His spirit dwells in you. 
That's amazing. His spirit dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20 says, you've been bought with a price. You're not your own. You belong to God. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 says, you always triumph in Christ. Now there's a promise about your identity. You will always triumph in Christ. Even if you feel like you're losing, even if you feel like what you're going through, you just do not see how you're coming out on top. No, you will always triumph in Christ. He will work all things together for your good. Just hold on. Wait. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says you're a new creation. You're a new person. So whatever the enemy's been telling you about who you were yesterday or who you were even before this message started, you're no longer that person. If you're just now watching this going, I'm going to get into a relationship with Christ, man, right here and now, then understand this. You're a new person. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says you're an ambassador for Christ. Okay, so hear me. What I'm sitting here right now doing is being an ambassador for Christ. And that's what you are. That's what you're called to be. That's a part of your identity. You, in whatever state you're in, are an ambassador for Jesus Christ. That's awesome. Go out into your communities, man, and change everything. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says you've been made righteous. Now, I really like this one. That doesn't mean that I'm all of a sudden perfect. No, it means that I've been made righteous because he's righteous and he died for my sin and he took all of my stuff to the cross. Galatians 2.20 says you've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. You're now living Christ's life. Ephesians 1.6 says you're accepted in Christ. So if you've ever felt rejected by anyone, Understand that God's not rejecting you. God doesn't reject anyone. Ephesians 1 verse 13 and 14 says, you've been given the Holy Spirit as a pledge, guaranteeing that inheritance that I spoke about earlier to come. Ephesians 1 3 says, I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1 4 tells you about your identity. And this is amazing that you were chosen before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame before him. That's pretty awesome. Ephesians 1.5 tells you something else about your identity. You were predestined. That means you were determined by God to be adopted as his son or daughter. You want to feel special about yourself? How about that? God determined that he wanted you. So it doesn't matter what anybody else says or does or wants or doesn't want. He wants you. You're his child. Ephesians 1, 7, 8 says you've been redeemed, forgiven, and are a recipient of his lavish grace. You know what grace is? Well, grace is unmerited favor. So you're a recipient of God's lavish, unmerited favor. That's a pretty amazing thing about the identity that you walk in. Ephesians 2, 10 tells us that we're God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus to do his work that he planned beforehand that we would all do. So do it. If God plants something in your heart, do it. You can do it. If you put it there, he's going to equip you to carry it out. Ephesians 2.18 tells you something amazing about your identity, and you really, really, really need to take this one into your heart and receive it. You have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Now we have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. Well, when you accept Jesus Christ, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, you now have direct access to God. 
Ephesians 2.19 tells you that you're a fellow citizen with the rest of God's people and his family. Well, that's cool, because here we are and we're a family. Ephesians 2.20 tells you that you're built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Ephesians 2.5 tells you you've been made alive together with Christ. Ephesians 2.6, you've been raised up and seated with Christ in heaven. Right now, you are seated in heaven because you've been spiritually born and your spirit goes up to heaven before God along with your prayers. That's awesome. Ephesians 3.12 says you may approach God with boldness, freedom, and confidence. Ephesians 4.24, you're righteous and holy. Your sin may have made you feel unrighteous and unholy, but the day you accepted Jesus is the day you took on his righteousness and his blood has washed you clean. Ephesians 5.1 says you're a faithful follower. Ephesians 6.10, you're strong in the Lord. Philippians 1.6, I'm being changed into his image. You're being changed daily into his image. So don't worry. You're being changed and you will be changed. And whatever you're struggling with, he's got a commitment to help you get through it and to help you change. Philippians 4.13, you can do all things through Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.19, you have all your needs met by God according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Colossians 1.13, you've been delivered from the domain of darkness, Satan's rule in your life, and you've been transferred to the kingdom of Christ. That's it. You were over here. You were with Satan. Whoop, you've been put over here. You're now with God. So get thee behind me, Satan, is what you should be saying every day now for the rest of your life throughout eternity. You're done. Colossians 1.14 says you've been redeemed and forgiven of all your sins. The debt against you has been canceled. Colossians 1.27, Christ himself is in you. Colossians 2.7, you've been firmly rooted in Christ and are now being built up in him. Colossians 2.10, you've been made complete in Christ. Colossians 2, 12 and 13, you've been buried, raised and made alive with Christ. Colossians 2, 6, you walk in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3, 12, you're chosen of God. You're holy. You're dearly loved. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, you're chosen and dearly loved of God. Again, 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, you're a son of light and not of darkness. You're a daughter of light and not of darkness. 2 Timothy 1, 7, you've been given a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I love that one. I love that one. You don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Hebrews 4.16 says that you have a right to come boldly before the throne of grace, to find mercy and grace in your time of need. Are you in need? You going through something? Then accept Jesus and go boldly before the throne of grace because you have permission to. It's part of your inheritance. It's a part of your identity as a child of a king. 1 Peter 2.11 says you're an alien and a stranger to this world in which you temporarily live. This one is fundamental. If you feel out of place in this world that you live in, if you feel out of place at work, if you feel out of place in school, if you feel out of place in your home, if you feel out of place at your job or the career you've chosen, it doesn't matter because we should be out of place. This isn't our home. We're sojourning through here. And we're marked by something completely different. And you know what? It's okay. And you know what I say? He that is in me is cool. 1 Peter 2.24 says, your wounds are healed by the wounds of Jesus. 1 Peter 5.8 says, you're an enemy of the devil. 1 John 4.17 says, you're in the world as you're in heaven. 
1 John 4, 4, you have spiritual authority. Revelations 21, 7, you're victorious. Deuteronomy 28, you're blessed. Deuteronomy 28, 2, you're filled with blessings. Psalm 1781, you're the apple of your father's eye. Jeremiah 31, 3, you're loved with an everlasting love. And that is really, really good news. So sit there a minute and think about your identity in Christ. Think about how deep and high must it be to be loved with an everlasting love while you are. And if you take nothing from this session, but you've been watching, please take this, a sincere invitation from my heart to yours to give your life to Christ. And it's really simple. Just say this prayer. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. I believe he's the son of God and that he came to earth in the flesh and that he died for my sins. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. And I want you, Jesus, to come into my life and I repent of all my sin. And I ask you to clean me up and change me and make my broken life whole again. And I give you my life forever in Jesus' name. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.